Hey, Colin. Hey, Greg. I've got a movie pitch. Sure. Let's take an Oscar-winning writer-director yep. and get him to make an awesome movie about cool robots fighting giant monsters. That, uh, that sounds really awesome, actually. So what's, uh, yeah, what's wrong with that? I don't know. But, you know, we gotta do the thing. Okay, I have some notes in Welcome to I Have Some Notes. This is the uh, podcast where we take movies that were somewhat popular, usually pretty popular, made a whole bunch of monies, but there's something not quite right, and we'll find it, and we'll fix it. Uh, my name is Colin McIntyre. I'm Greg Beaver. I'm Scott C. Bourgeois. Uh, thank you for joining us today. I Have Some Notes is a member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB Financial. Uh, today, the film we're going to dissect and uh, rip apart and go into the breach and drift with all our brains smushed together <laughs> like the three-way what was the what was the the Chinese robot? Uh, uh, not Gypsy Danger. The old Gypsy Danger is the one I remember. There was a there was a word for it that I can't remember. <laughs> it had three arms. Yeah. Anyway. But there wasn't three pilots. Wasn't there? I thought there was. I thought there was like three brothers. Yeah, it's the Crimson Typhoon. Crimson Typhoon, that's what it was. Yeah. There you go. Scott with the save. Uh, we're, do, we're talking about Pacific Rim. Uh, this is the, uh, this is the, I actually have to say the, the original Pacific Rim is there is uh, now a, a sequel. Has any, has any of us watched the, did any of us go see it this weekend? I have not no. seen. Does no. anyone have plans to see Pacific Rim to uh, smash harder? I, probably. Kind of eventually. Yeah, yeah, maybe at some point. It yeah. sounds like it's really just, just about as good as this one. So. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've heard that if you're looking for a movie where giant robots punch giant monsters... And we are. That's what it is. But apparently it's a lot more anime, I want to say. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. that's what I've heard. And I've heard that as both a criticism and a compliment. <laughs> that, <laughs> it depends uh, what floats your boat. Whereas, guess, whereas yeah. in the this first movie, the robots, the physics seem a little more realistic. The robots are a little ponderous. The monsters are a little ponderous. You feel yeah. the heft of the... Of the things beating on right. each other. In the new movie, apparently it's like graceful ballerinas just floating through the air oh, and oh, doing like they kinda, high, high p- fast-paced kung fu at one another. They gave it the old Phantom Menace, did they? Yep. <laughs> Perfect. Again, uh, described as both criticism and a compliment. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so we, we are talking about uh, Pacific Rim. This is the 2013 uh, science fiction action movie. Uh, this was directed by Guillermo, De- Guillermo del Toro, who uh, recently won Best Director for uh, Shape of Water. So this was obviously before he was winning Oscars and whatnot. He was warming up to his sea monster phase in this movie. Yeah, there you go. Sure. Uh, yeah, that's uh, fair. Stars uh, Charlie Hunnam, uh, Idris Elba, uh, Rinko Kikuchi, Charlie Day, uh, Byrne Gorman, and... For you super nerds out there, uh, Ellen McCain, who was GLaDOS. GLaDOS? Oh, really? From, uh, from... Uh, oh, from was she the, one of the Russians? No, she was, it was, she was the voice, so like the internal computer oh, voice. Oh, right. All the oh, cockpit. right. From the Portal games. Right. I remember that being a big to-do when, uh, uh, when the first trailers for Pacific Rim came out. Yeah. So it's, yeah, they the uh, they got permission to uh, to contact her and basically do the same the same thing the same uh, voice uh, character. Uh, the this movie made uh, four hundred and eleven million dollars, most of it worldwide, uh, on a budget of one hundred ninety million dollars. Uh, so it did very pretty well. Obviously enough to spawn a sequel again, again which is out right now. Uh, and yeah, and the basic plot of the film: giant robots v giant monsters, <laughs> dawn of punching of city smashing. Yes. For the most part. That is kind of the crux of it, isn't it? Because, like, the, the plot isn't really there. Like, this is so close to being not... Like, it's. I think it's actually a good movie, but it's so close to being an awesome movie. And it's just, like, the emotional connections aren't quite there, yep. and, like, the, the, the character arcs aren't quite there, and if there, was, if there was just a little bit of a tweak... Yeah, if it had had, like... One more draft, yeah, yeah, which true. Put, puts it right in our wheelhouse. Yeah, exactly. It's a it, uh, to, that's what we are here to, to do. To use the Pacific Rim analogy, it's almost as if like the giant robot goes to fire the elbow missile, and like the rocket comes out of the elbow, that launches the arm forward towards the monster, and just kind of like skims it. Like doesn't land, doesn't plant it right in its face. It just sort of like just whiffs. 
Just grazes. Just grazes it. That's kind of how I feel about this movie. We're kind of all on the in, on the same path with that, like the same, same, uh, same, same thought process. We're all drifting this way. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> I'd argue that like the the all the setups are pretty good. It's just the it's just the payoffs sort yeah. of peter out about halfway through the movie. It's almost it's almost like they've sort of they've sort of forgotten about uh, what they're setting up. Yeah, I kind of yeah. Actually, there so there's a there's a there's a point, and I, I think on other podcasts I've, I've mentioned that I like to see what time things happened in movies. So, and I kind of felt this way watching Pacific Rim. So after the initial intro of okay, monsters are coming from the ocean floor, the world gathers together and builds giant robots to smash these monsters. And after that first, I guess you kind of call it a battle between Gypsy Danger and the monster off the coast of Alaska. You don't see another like actual battle. Like it's it's not until like it like it's almost like a minute an hour sorry an hour fifteen into the movie when you actually see the the Hong Kong fight so there's a lot of time in here where yeah, a lot of time we don't, for we, character development well and things quote like that. unquote unquote character but but I, a lot of time where we don't see uh, robots punching monsters yeah so it's kind of left like okay well if you're not gonna like develop things show me some monster punching show me show me some some rocket elbows and laser fingers and whatnot. Yeah, I guess the the action sort of set piece in between the first fight, or uh, first robot fight, and the second robot fight is the um, contest between Mako and and uh, Charlie Hunnam. Yeah, or Raleigh, Raleigh, I guess Raleigh, Raleigh Beckett, Raleigh, Raleigh Beckett, <laughs> and and that might actually be one of my one of my first cuts is like the that whole sequence where they're I don't know like the did you guys feel like um, in that scene where there's like there's like points for for getting for getting hits on your opponent or whatever that it just felt like the characters are just sort of like making things up as they went along, kind of. Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sorry, I had to lean. Little, I had to I lean just, back forward because I was leaning back in the chair to listen. A tacit to approval on my point there, I guess. I don't know. It just it, there's something about that scene that feels really lame, and it, it's hard to it's hard to really totally pinpointed yeah i guess the other issue is like if they're if they're the whole point of the fight is them trying to dis- decide whether they're like drift compatible whether they can work together right yeah so why are they fighting against each other yeah they should be fighting maybe together yeah that would make more against sense an opponent that would make a little bit more sense i think so yeah um anyways so do we want just to start start jumping into the, to the keeps and cuts or to um was there like anything else like uh regarding thoughts of the movie like as far as like um, other than it sort of like kind of misses the mark Scott uh, overall I think it's pretty good I mean Guillermo del Toro has proven that he's a, a pretty solid writer yeah and he's a pretty solid director um, and he's got just incredible visions that he wants to translate onto the screen and walk us through and I think this is another example of that um, but I do agree that it's mm, I don't want to say it's one of his weaker films necessarily, but I mean, when you take his whole body of work into account, maybe it kind of almost is because okay. most of his stuff is rather good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I would definitely agree that it's it's good, but it could be better. Yeah. And I I have an idea of how that is, but uh, I will save that for a little later in the podcast. <laughs> Keep that in my pocket for now. Excellent. Yeah, I, 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 feel, I, feel, I feel like this this, it leaves me... Uh, it was so I'd watched it when it first came out, uh, and I remember remember watching it the first time, thinking like, "There's something about this 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 was missing," and then I rewatched it actually not that long ago, a couple months ago, just to kind of like, okay, I've got got some time off, I'm gonna rewatch Pacific Rim. It's on Netflix. I'm gonna check it out, and remember watching, going like, "Oh yeah, there's there's something missing here." And so then when we we're deciding deciding what to do for this podcast, Greg's like Pacific Rim, and I'm like, "Oh God, no, not again! This will be the third time." <laughs> um, yeah, I've I have I have ideas too about what's what's missing up. But yeah, it it, you know, it almost feels like it's 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 obviously an ode to you know the to to the mecha anime and the and the you know and you know that whole genre of of all that wonderful stuff. And I know there's well, and to kaiju of, movies. As yeah, well. exactly. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. it's so it's 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 this wonderful kind of love letter to all those genres, and it's got it has everything in here you could possibly want. But yeah, just kind of like just. Just, yeah, there's, there's, there's connective something. tissue that just isn't there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will say that uh, one other thought that I have is that I do think the cast is pretty good. 
Yes. I have no real complaints about the cast. Yeah, the cast is good, but yet, weirdly, the, the acting feels really stilted. There's, I'm not sure what to attribute that to, whether it's the dialogue or if it's the direction, I hedge to say. But, like, it, there's something that feels real stiff about yeah. every line that's read. And, and and then when it comes to, like, wackier characters, like uh, the character that Charlie Day is playing, uh, it feels like he's dialed up to, like, 12. And I'm not sure that there's a single line that he says in the movie where he, isn't, he doesn't yell. <laughs> like, he's pretty, he's pretty excited through the entire film. It's yeah. Newton. His, his character is Newton. I had to lot, double check because he, he I, did, I conflate the two scientists. <laughs> he, uh, he does a lot of trembling. So he's either trembling because he's excited... He's trembling because he's just done a he's uh, done the the drift or whatever with the uh, with the kaiju brain. He's trembling because a kaiju is about to eat him, uh, busting through the uh, the bomb shelter or the yeah. kaiju shelter. Yeah, he's very so, trembly. Yeah, he's 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 vibrating a lot. I just think he, the the his comedic role would have landed a little bit better for me if he had just reined it in a scotch. Yeah, yeah, they would think it was very much like oh this is this is this is the comedic relief. <laughs> yeah, during the during the movie. Yeah, Which, well, he also partly drives the plot too, so he's not yes. just comedic relief. True. No, not at all. But is yeah, but just the the way that he's playing the character is just a little bit too intense for me. Yeah. So is that, or is that, or is that would you call that a cut, Greg? Is that uh, is that one of your one I don't of know, your? That cuts? was actually under my overall thoughts. Oh, okay. Uh, um, <laughs> I might have jumped the gun earlier by getting into my cuts, but I also. Um, uh, wanted to say that, like, there feels like, to, especially towards the end of this movie, there's a lot, a lot of really unearned moments. Did you guys feel that as well? Mm, describe unearned moment. Well, for example, um, there's there's sort of like a, an emotional beat between uh, Mako and and Rally where she's she's crying that he's 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 dead or whatever, and uh, I, just, I don't know, they just didn't feel like there was enough connecting the two of them that she would be that broken up about it. I don't know. I actually agree with you on that. Um, and my change has partly to do with that. <laughs> like I actually felt more for the father son relationship between the two Australians than I did. Uh, Mako and Raleigh. <laughs> yeah. Which is unfortunate because uh, to me, this is kind of Mako's movie. <laughs> I'm hitting on. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I'm right, hitting right. I think we. You're, have you're getting look. a little too close to the <laughs> no, 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 nail's no, no. head I mean, on my. I mean, that's on my okay. We, we, you know, we should really. We should when we'll coalesce. We'll try and group think this well, into a better movie rather than just coming up well, with three. Well, well, should I should I just go straight into my change then? Well, yeah, go ahead. I think that this movie should be Mako's movie. Oh, funny you should say that. I <laughs> I totally agree. Uh, <laughs> I think that the the. Problem with this movie is that Rally is the main character, and I'm not saying that Rally is a bad character, but the movie should have Mako as the central focus, and it should follow her story, and that way it strengthens the relationship between her and Idris Elba. It uh, gives the opportunity for the relationship between her and Rally to grow uh, from from her side, which I think would strengthen it, and she has the more interesting story arc than Rally. Really, right. finding out about like it should be. It should be starting with her, and then they've refurbished Gypsy Danger, and she wants to get in the pilot seat and wants to fight the the kaiju, and they're like, we need to find another person who can drift with you. Nobody is compatible. And finally, Idris Elba's like, and I'm just going to call him Idris Elba, (laughs) uh, Pentecost, is like, uh, all right, we're going to go, one of the old pilots of Gypsy Danger is still alive. We'll see if we can recruit him, and there's maybe the odd chance that you're compatible with him. And sure. then you bring in Rally's character, and then we start to learn about his history with it and why he's reluctant to get back into the sea. Yeah. I think that that coming in in the second act is more interesting. Yeah, yeah. and and that puts Mako, who's the more interesting character, frankly, right in the in the middle of the movie in a much more substantial way. And I think that that fixes. Almost all the problems with the movie, honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I have some differing ideas that we can debate about which way is the best way to go in the, in the second half. But I, I want to talk a little bit more about uh, Rally, uh, just because um, he's really kind of boring. And you know what the, the, the biggest problem with his character arc, if you can call, call him an arc, is that is that um, it kind of it, you kind of get the hint of a, an arc with him, like his. His brother dies. 
in the beginning. So clearly there's some there's something that he needs to overcome. Uh, and and normally in a movie like this, like a simple blockbuster movie, it's something simple is um, fear, you know, generated from losing his uh, his brother or or whatever. Right? He's got to he's got to learn to fight again. Uh, but they don't do that. Instead, they thrust him into a mentor role, which really doesn't, which really sort of is antithetical to how they've started the movie off, right? Yep. He is, he is, it's, it's Mako who's trying to overcome her fear uh, and not, uh, not uh, Rally. If anything, Rally's conflict should be um, because he lost the person he was closest with in the world, his brother and the person that he was able to drift with. Yeah. It should be, uh, his arc should really be about learning to open up to another person that way again. Yeah. And in less overcoming his fear and more uh, learning to trust someone that yeah, much. Yeah, like, were, were he the main character, he should he should not want to be Mako's... Uh, uh, because yeah. he doesn't want to risk losing someone that close to him again. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, and I think, I think that this, I think, and I think this maybe hits, hits, the, hits the kaiju on the face of what's the problem with the movie, <laughs> is that... It it is written in such a way where you've got you have these different different characters, but they don't commit to one as being okay. This is who the movie is about, because you yeah you have you have you have you have Rally Beckett, who you know he's he's the first person you see in the movie, and you kind of set him up to be that I can't be a kaiju pilot or a, a Jaeger pilot again because I lost my brother and I have all this other stuff, and you have that incident with them where uh, Mako gets lost in her memory and she almost blows up the. Shatterdome, whatever base is, yeah, but nothing. But there's no fallout from that. They get they get benched. They get they get benched when the when the kaiju attack Hong Kong. But then they get put out there, and there's there's no yeah, there's no ramifications they, from that, right? So yeah, it's kind of weird that like because like the the movie as far as emotional arcs is concerned, are it, all of those are done by the almost the middle of the second act. Yeah, as soon, yeah. soon as the fight for Hong Kong happens, all that all that stuff yeah. that happened previous. No longer matters because now it's just it's now, monster punching. Yeah, time. now it's just time to to wrap up everything. Yeah, so yeah, but really. Then the, the movie kind of shifts more to Charlie Day and his his sort of quest. Yeah, well, yeah. Again, again, and I, I would even argue that you've got three. You've got three different little almost. There's no one main character. You've got three little main characters. You've got Mako. You've got Rally. And you've got Newt. They all these little quests, and you don't really you don't get to focus on anyone. anyone. So you, if you think of someone like. If you compare this to, let's say, you know, a Matrix or whatever, where you've got, you know, you've got your, you've, you've got your one character, you're the person you're kind of, you're, you're, you're attached to, you know, yeah, like there's no, there's no give up moment for Rally. He's, 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 yeah, he's just like, he goes from, you know, being grabbed off the wall and then he's back doing this thing he hasn't done in five years and he's still, all of a sudden he's, he's back, he's super confident again. He's like, yeah. you can do this, Mako. Like, he should have, like, yeah, he should have no business wanting to do any of this and, like, he should be the one that sort of... Yeah, he's never, he's never bothered by any of it and he's, yeah. and, and in fact, he's kind of, there's really no, there's really no emotional stakes for him. He just, he yeah. just, like, you just Elba shows up and he's like, we need you back and he's like, okay. Cool. And then he, <laughs> and then he goes and he gets into gypsy danger, and he's like, "I'll be the mentor for everybody." Yeah, and like, yeah, there's no, yeah, there's no, yeah, just not it any should, opposition to yeah, anything. Yeah, he should. It's, it should no take conflict. a while for him to get around. Yeah, or to come around to to being in the cockpit again. Yeah, we're, and, we're at his movie, but I feel like the more interesting arc would be Mac. Well, even with Mako, it should it should still be they have to go out and recruit him to get him back because. As I said, like Mako's just not compatible with anybody else. But yeah. Gypsy Danger has a surviving driver, so why not try it with him because he knows yeah. the system. But uh, further back to your point with the unconnected plots, something I hadn't considered that that maybe should be discussed is: is there a way to bring the plot with the scientists more fully in with the plot with uh, with Idris Elba and Mako and Rally? Like to tie them together a little, a little more solidly. I, I have an idea oh, on that. Collins worked worked I, I, on that one for us. <laughs> Greg and I did the legwork on Mako yeah. and Rally. <laughs> Collins got the scientists all figured. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, 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 divide I think, and conquer. I, I and I, I think I think you know we're we're kind of I think you know we're all we're all going to be going towards towards the way of the big fixes movie is 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 coalescing or centralizing who the movie's about, whether it's about Mako, whether it's even if, even if it's not. Mako's movie, you can still you could still make it about Mako and and Beckett, but just do it in a smarter way. But 
Um, yeah, we will we will get there. We will we will get there much much like the remaining kaiju get to the get get to the the breach. I have a question for you. Maybe before we go into the into the keeps and cuts, does any did anyone else have a did anyone want want more from the Jaegers? Did the, did the Jaegers leave want, leave people wanting? Because you never really see them other than it's not until Gypsy Danger fights the two kaiju in Hong Kong. You don't get a sense that the Jaegers are very good. Yeah, that's they get kind up. of a fair point. They're uh, Crimson Typhoon and, um, shoot, Sister Eureka, Striker Eureka, rather, and Cherno Alpha yeah. are kind of just cannon fodder. Yeah. Despite the fact that they're the, they're supposed to be these legendary... Super awesome... Fighters. And I think maybe there should be, like, even just a battle in Act 1 or something, where you can see them, like, in their element and just wrecking some giant monsters. So you're like, okay, these are badass robots. So when they do get struck down by the big monster at the end, it's like, oh, things just got serious. Well, yeah. they kind of do do that. Because the, the whole snippets. the whole prologue is telling you that the Jaegers are awesome and that they then they got real good at it yeah. because by the time we by the time we get to uh, meeting uh, Charlie Hunnam's character, we've already gone we've already been told that like the the Jaegers are so awesome that they've been made into toys and 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 all the all the uh, Jaeger pilots are are rock stars and stuff like that. Right? But that's that's very much tell don't show. And I feel oh, like yeah, you could yeah. have shown a little bit. Oh, of for that. sure. I, I don't disagree with that. I just like from a from a storytelling perspective, like or sorry, from a like a conflict perspective, I like that the Jaegers were getting the crap kicked out of them all the time because uh, it made the the stakes feel higher when the when they were fighting because they really like the the robots were getting beat most of the time, and it really for me anyway it got it got a sense of like how dangerous all the kaijus were, right? And how there, helpless... And, and uh, there really is the kind of a were. helpless and doomed feel through much of the fe- yeah. uh, movie. Which is why, the, if anything, that's why the scientists are so desperate to do something crazy. Yeah. Is because, like, humanity's on the brink. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, fair enough. I, I, was, I, 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 I see where you're both coming from. Yeah. I, I kind of like the idea of seeing more of the I, edges, I, I, but I, maybe that's just me wanting to see more giant robots punching giant that's, monsters. That, maybe that's for, where, where I'm coming from, too. But yeah, I just I felt like... I felt like the 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 whole the trailers and the marketing is about like the you know like these robots have names. Gypsy Danger has an awesome name. Like Crimson Titan, they have these really cool awesome names, and it feels like okay, I want to see these great, wonderful, super cool things in action. But when I see Crimson Typhoon, even and even as when they're walking through the Shadow Dome and, and Idris Elba is talking about ah, oh, this is such and such. It's been it's our oldest one, and it's like you're getting you're introduced, and you're supposed to kind of be in awe of them. And then you see and they go get, like, shredded pretty quickly. And you're like, oh. <laughs> so, yeah. And I guess, you know, I get, yeah. And I understand, obviously, you've, you've, you've only got so much time in a movie. and you, But, yeah, yeah, I think it would have been, like. They do, they do feel really fragile, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. For, for, for all the money. Yeah, for all the money, but for all, like, the like the, the buildup and, like, the, you know, the, the shots of the, you know, jump, jumping out onto the water and stuff like that. And then it's just, like. Oh, that's wow! That one went down really quickly. <laughs> There's a line in the movie where uh, someone says the Jaegers are uh, made of like 50 diesel engines per like oh, for muscle or something strand like. or something. Like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, are they just made of diesel engines? Is there anything <laughs> else <laughs> that they're made of? I was like, that seems like that's a bad idea because they would be like yeah. very well, fragile. That would like, explode pretty easily. Yeah, because they get crushed a lot. Like diesel engines, you know, they're it's a it's an engine yeah. with a lot of moving parts. Like yeah. if it gets crushed, it ain't working no more. Yeah. If it, if 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 we if we're going down like the list of like like little like teeny complaints, like the one thing that kind of uh, that I it was like. So, saw it the first time I saw it, came the second time, then when, I, when we were actually doing Critical Eye watching for the movie. Um, the, it seems to me that the Jaegers were most successful when they brought up the sharp pointy things, i.e. swords. Yeah. Uh, right. Punching worked not so well, <laughs> but swords, so it was kind of like, and maybe that was, maybe that was something else I was missing from like, from like the robot action was seeing, you know, I haven't seen a lot of, of, of anime, but I do know that they've got some pretty gnarly weapons and these robots can do some pretty crazy things, so... You know, it would have been nice to see 
Missile like, storms. And missile storms and like lightning throws and throwing. Giant chainsaws. Yeah, exactly. Laser, that's a, that's laser a, boots. Good that, news. I'm pretty sure that there's a lot of that in the sequel. <laughs> Good. I'll be right back. In the Hong Kong fight, that's what Aaron, like, when, when he they bring out the sword right, right at the end of it, Aaron screams at the TV, like, why didn't you bring that up before? <laughs> well, they also mentioned that the, um, the kaiju have been getting better well they've been getting bigger yeah well not just bigger but they've been like adjusting to their tactics so maybe the maybe what the movie doesn't make so clear is that there was a time when just punching a kaiju to death was yeah like okay was a sound tactic yeah but now they're all armor plated and reinforced so yeah, you need to actually go in with yeah. a acid with a, breath and yeah like electro emp generator yeah yeah because they, because the the weird aliens in the antiverse are tinkering with the genetics in order to make something that will finally just wipe us out once and for all. Because they hate us for reasons. Because yeah, uh, they kind of look a tiny bit, a little bit like the aliens from Independence Day. Oh man, secret sequel to Independence Day. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the technology it's, for the Jaegers came from. Oh, there we go. Oh, it's all coming together. So is, is Pacific Rim actually the better sequel to Independence Day? <laughs> Independence Day, what was it called? Yeah, just Resurfacing? About, just Re- about anything is better than the sequel to Independence Day. <laughs> uh, goodness. Yeah, you know, I didn't really think about it at the time, but what is the motive of the aliens in this movie other than just They're, they hop from planet guys. to planet and like take yeah i think they, over. yeah they just take it and steal the resources I think. Uh, yeah so basically the same plot as independence that's Day. right yeah. okay yeah. yeah yeah just from under the sea and they both got destroyed it with a nuclear weapon both uh, wait a second this really is this just is like a weird remake <laughs> of independence day oh wow did you, you guys remember them saying that like uh, that they tried to take over Earth once before, but it was the dinosaurs? And I was like, "Oh, the dinosaurs are kaiju's." Is that what that is? Uh, yeah, it was, but it was, yeah, they said like the the atmosphere wasn't right or something like yeah, that. They were, yeah, were, yeah. Oh, now see, now I can't get it all in my head that it's basically just an independence because you have it's an <laughs> Independence Day remake. You have the nuclear weapon that blows up the aliens. You've got uh, Striker Pentecost doing the Independence Day speech. Yeah, uh, does, yeah, version of it. The they were canceling the apocalypse. Oh man, was there a virus in here as all? Well? Was there something to do with the virus? Well, uh, technically, Newt does interface with the alien oh, computer. He there oh, you go. Oh my goodness. Okay, alrighty. <laughs> Gelmo, uh, wowzers. <laughs> we cracked this one wide. Got open. some splaining to do. Okay. Uh, should, well, should we do? Well, we'll do the keeps and cuts after the break. Let's do that. Okay. So I'm not sure how they were paying for these uh, for the Jaegers because at one point, uh, oh by the way, so did you notice that uh, when when uh, Striker Pentecost or Stalker Striker, Idris Elba, <laughs> he's he's talking in front of the TVs of all his bosses and they're all like, you've got no more funding, uh, Idris Elba. We're we're building the the wall that's not going to work. Build the wall. Build the <laughs> there, wall. There was the guy who basically <laughs> the the guy who there, there's like the guy's like you've got your orders, general, and like then the TVs go off. So he's sort of like like that like the, the last sentence guy. That guy was that guy that jerk. He was the Canadian. He was actually just in the little corner. But anyway, uh, Idris Alba kept kept the uh, kept the Jaeger program going, probably because he had ATB's new digital bank account. Uh, because Boy, that was uh, a long run to get there, there. we go. Uh, so uh, to take advantage, uh, so Idris Elba had basically had no fees if because he did most of his, all of his banking digitally. You can too, uh, and you can also earn interest on uh, higher balances. That's right. It is ATB's uh, no fee uh, uh, digital bank account. Uh, so go check out uh, ATB or ATB Financial and sign yourself up. You will not. You will not get a robot suit though. So, uh, keeps and cuts. So, you guys have kind of done some keeps. Well, Scott's been mostly been keeps. Yeah. Because you love this movie. I, I love it enough. Scott's that, I don't think there's anything that really needs cut. And I don't think there's anything, if I'm not cutting anything, that specifically needs to be pointed out well, as being a Well, this is where we'll differ in our, in our changes. So, we'll have, to, we'll have a fun debate about that. Yeah. Do, yeah. Uh, uh, Greg, is there anything keep cut-wise that, uh, that we didn't uh, touch on your list? Oh, uh, well, we'll get into that in a second. But go ahead with yours. I think we get rid of Charlie Day. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah, right uh, then. Nothing, you nothing, just, nothing. So you just want the the staunchy old British 
scientist and that's no, it. No, I guess I guess I don't I don't like that that his little side plot of like um that he becomes the focus of the uh uh of the of of the of fine learning more about the kaiju and and, and doing the mind meld and that sort of stuff. I'm fine actually so I should maybe preface this cuz we'll be getting this into sort of the changes but I'm fine with that. I'm fine with the whole idea. I'm not I don't like how Charlie Day was the, was was the one who was sort of um, leading that charge. Like I, th- I think in, this this guy gets into a change or a fix, but I think that idea is fine. But instead of Charlie Day doing the mind meldy thing with the with the with the kaiju, the drift with the kaiju, I think you get Mako or Rally or both involved in that, and you actually make that whole side quest part of their arc, part of their thing. Actually, I like that, and you could. You could keep Newt and Herman. Yeah, you could still keep them um, as the two scientists who are behind it. But then, if they need someone who has experience with the drift, sure, linking with the brain. Yeah, and then you have either either uh, Mako volunteer or Rally volunteer. Probably Mako if she's the main character. Yeah. in our ver- in our new version. Yeah, then it focuses the danger on her. Yeah. rather than on a tertiary character who's now suddenly the focal point of the plot. Yeah. Ooh, 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 ooh. Oh, big idea. Okay. 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 Uh, the person who does the drift with the, the brain, the kaiju brain, is Idris Elba. Oh, that's actually really good, too. Oh, there we go, yeah. Because he's the leader man, and he's like, and I've got the experience, I'll and, take the hit. Yeah, yeah. and he's going to, and he can't, he can't drift anymore, because if he does, he's going to die. Yeah. And then he dies, and then and then that's our, sort of like our, our second act emotional letdown, when they figure out, when they've got everything sort of like figured out, but he dies at, at know to sacrificing himself right oh there you go yeah but now they have the knowledge that they need to finally perhaps win the war forever yeah yeah see and again so his sacrifice has a little more heft yeah and there's yeah there's a bit more of an emotional beat there yeah and and his sacrifice would would be in physical presence with with you know mako and uh, that would be sort of key whereas in in the way it is now, the, his sacrifice is when they're in the Jaegers, which is you don't get it. You don't get any sort of like you know them seeing each other for the last time or any of that kind of mo- emotional punch. Well, and then you have more reason for the the World Council, the shadowy World Council, to be like, no, shut it down because Pentecost ran off half cocked and got himself killed, and now you've got. I don't know, somebody, maybe Rally steps up and is like, we need to, we've got a plan now, we can seal the breach forever. And the World Council is like, why should we trust you? You're nobody. Yeah. Get out of here, kid. Yeah. Shut it down, we're building our wall. <laughs> and and then Rally and Mako have to have to rally, if you'll... The, ah. Not this, not exactly uh, oh, yeah, intentional that pun. That pun but, was going to show up somewhere. Uh, have to rally the other... Uh, Jaeger pilots to go on this mission with them against the World Council's orders yeah. because they could finally stop the war forever. Yeah. 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 We, we kind of lose the whole Hannibal subplot, which is a shame because Ron Perlman. Well, you could you could still have them, but just like, yeah, it would, it would just be, in, yeah, instead of, like I said, instead of sending Charlie Day on that quest, on that little side quest, it's just you send... You send Mako, you send Rally, you send both of them. You send Idris Alba on it. You like you send them on it. I, I, I ideally, I want to have Mako and Rally going on that quest because in this, in in the in this version, in the version of the movie which exists in real life, when you watch when Charlie Day goes on this quest, you sort of forget about Rally and Mako. And I think that's yeah, one of yeah it like, becomes his story. Yeah, yeah. So that's and that's why what I when I we talked about the how who's the main character in this movie. It's it jumps between it literally sort of jumps between Rally to Mako to Newt to Newt and then sort of back to Mako and Rally when they start punching monsters in the face and ripping glands out of their throats. And but this this definitely keeps the focus on them. And yeah. even though you no longer have the um, Jaegers bearing down on Newt, the yeah. Jaegers, sorry, the the Kaiju bearing down on Newt, you can still have because. Pentecost did still breach the hive mind. The hive mind can still be panic, yeah. send everything. Yeah. And yeah. so you still get the big push with the, the kaiju at the end. Yeah. Yeah. There because they're aware that now the humans know what we're up to and they're going to try to do something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that works. I actually, that that's solid. 
that is a solid fix. I'm pleased with that. I guess it makes sense. Like if you could, if, if uh, Charlie or sorry, Charlie uh, Rally and Mako get grounded, then then they can get when when they get grounded, that's when they get sent on this this mission that maybe they think is bullshit, right? They get s- sent on this mission to go find Ron Perlman, and uh, yeah, yeah. So then and then they're stuck in the city while while the kite while a, like that double event happens, right? Yeah, and well, they and they're, uh, they're all they can do is yeah. just watch and as, I get, as their friends in the in the Jaeger program are getting yeah, ripped and, to shreds. And I guess and maybe in the in the alternate in the alternate instead of using Idris Elba as the one to do, do the drift. You 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 know they you 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 establish from the incident where Mako almost blows up when they both kind of dr- you know flip out of the drift a little bit that this is a way to like okay we can't pilot the Jaegers maybe we can do this maybe this will somehow fix our brains it's a long shot or whatever but like yeah you basically you know arm them with the knowledge but yeah either either or works it's, it's just but just you bench Charlie Day you keep him he vibrates <laughs> in the chair. Um, I actually think he and um, the other doctor's name, who I don't remember, Herman. Uh, Herman. I think they've actually got like a pretty good chemistry, and, the, and you don't. It kind of left me wanting more, like more interactions between them, because you don't really see that much of them. Uh, like it's like maybe two or three scenes of them bickering with each other, like an old married couple. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So that would been it would have been fun to see a little bit more of that. So um, yeah, as far as as far as cuts, the only thing I think we hadn't mentioned. Yeah, you know, my other cut was just um, less Jaeger blowing up more. Some success, but we touched that. Um, <laughs> shall we? Shall we dive into the fixes? Shall we dive into the fixes? Well, Done that pretty thoroughly. Yeah, we almost like the one thing I was going to debate with Scott uh, is uh, is that uh, <laughs> my major cut, which I didn't mention in the first half, was was it was something I'm getting quite famous for doing, <laughs> which is cutting the main character, <laughs> cutting <laughs> Rally out of this movie, partly because um, to me that makes. Uh, uh, much easier to make it Mako's story for one yeah. thing, um, but there's also there already is kind of a stand-in for uh, Rally, and that is Pentecost. That's true. Right? He's kind of because he's the one that's 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 grounding Mako, right, and keeping her from uh, you know from uh, getting into the Jaeger program or just jumping into a Jaeger altogether, and that's yeah. the kind of con- that's the kind of conflict that you want you know, to start, you know, you want to have in your movie. And it's natural because the, you know, in this, in this movie, uh, Mako and Pentecost are sort of at odds with each other because he's saved her originally. Right. And he's raised her mm-hmm. and he doesn't want to put her in any danger. So you already have that sort of natural contrast between them. I disagree because of the fix we have for the movie, because in, in the new pitch that we're putting together <laughs> pentecost dies in act two he's obi-wan he's yep. and he's been benching her but now he's dead and his last his his last kind of wish for her is like you're ready you can do this like this is the mission that needs to be done and you're the one who needs right. to sell so he this does, like the fatherly yeah. thing right and the then end. and then rally who's her co-pilot who's her reluctant co-pilot at this is the pivotal moment where he realizes he does trust her because she's like, we need to do this. And he's like, you're right. And I believe we can because, because okay. I trust you. Yeah. And so he gets, and that, that leads us into act three where we have all the fisticuffs with the giant monsters. Yeah. I think he convinced me. Yeah. I'm, can, I'm saying we that can keep he's, him, I guess he's <laughs> like, I, I see where you're coming from with cutting him because we want to shift the focus to, to Mako. But I think he works better as a supporting character for her. Yeah. And if we, if we shift the focus off of him and more on her, it serves for him to have a better, shorter character arc, yeah. which is more, more coherent than the one he has in the movie. And it allows Mako to have the more, yeah. the more interesting character arc because she has a more interesting character. Okay. Arc. So how about this? How about, uh, instead of necessarily not cutting uh rally completely out, how about we kind of cut out his brother his brother's like a plot device. We don't really yeah, need much. You don't with really him. need to even see him die. And like to make so you make Rally more of a more of a secondary character uh, to Mako's main character. Um, you know, it's he's more of like he's got like a like a, a dark history. You know, his brother died in the machine. He does he rejects his co-pilots constantly, and he's he's kind of a jerk. I'm, I'm done with being a Jaeger. Yeah, like just I'm done. I'm like, I'll just I'll just drive the fucking thing myself <laughs> or whatever, yeah. right? Um, 
and and then and then we can have a really cool cold cold open for the movie, which I think is uh, Mako's dream, which is actually a, a oh, legitimately absolutely. great sequence. Absolutely, and I think you throw that in the beginning of the movie rather than in the middle. And instead about uh, Rally and his brother losing a fight. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I absolutely, I'm absolutely a hundred percent with Mako's dream being should be the inciting incident of the movie. And that also gives us the opportunity to uh, to do something that Colin wanted, which is to see. Uh, see a Jaeger, a Jaeger beat I the shit. Yeah, yeah. Because he's because then the Jaeger's got to save. Yeah, Mako, I, right? I, 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 I want I want to look at the Jaegers and be like, those are awesome. Not be like, oh god, just use this sword. <laughs> just, just bring the sword out. Um, use your laser knife. I think, I think in in this version also, I like the idea of then rally should be there earlier on, um, and they and they should be trying to find him a new co-pilot for Gypsy Danger. And I like the idea that you had where he's just like everyone keeps getting rejected, and it's it's hap- that's happening kind of in the background while uh, Mako's trying to like get a job as a Jaeger pilot, so that when the time comes obviously before Idris Elba dies, they discover that they're drift compatible. Yeah. And and he kind of starts to maybe accept her as a co-pilot, but that's when Pentecost is like, nope, shut it down. You're not going out in a, in a thing and benches her. Mm-hmm. So you have that conflict before he sacrifices himself and then yeah. is like, you need to do this. Yeah. And then Rally gets his moment where he's like, I do trust you the way I trusted my brother. So let's do this. Yeah, ooh, ooh, I, I like I like this. I like this idea. It would be a great turn too. Is like if if they if they have that whole sequence where uh, they try to see if they're uh, drift compatible and where that everything goes wrong and she almost blows up the like it would be great if like if if eventually. Um, Rally comes clean that it wasn't her fault. It wasn't her he fear. Was it was his fear over his brother that it caused her, and that's why he's been afraid. Of uh, of having a partner, and, yeah, and you know he's well, and they and they kind of he can they kind they do that in in this version and like in the in the in the main version, but they they just glance over. It. He's basically like, look, it was my fault. I fell out of sync or whatever it was first, yeah. and then she did. Yeah. But, but it would be it would be very interesting if he admitted that worked. he was that he it was it was intentional self sabotage. Oh, okay. Like yeah. he he did not want to go back out with Gypsy Danger. And he, the reason why he's been rejecting co-pilot after co-pilot is because of his own fear. He's the one who's been sabotaging everybody, yeah. and and not even necessarily intentionally, or he's just been kind of keeping it to himself. But coming clean about that, realizing yeah. the importance of the mission that needs to be done, yeah. and starting to come around to liking Mako. Not even I don't think there should be romant- a romantic subplot. It should be very much like big brother little sister yeah. relationship. That's what makes him go. We to conquer that and be like we need to go out. I, and we I need think to do you this. need to make him like a bigger jerk than uh, than like Pentecost. Like he's got to be. He's got. Oh, like, absolutely. Pentecost got, needs to have, be more likable. Yeah, he's got to be, like be a bigger yeah, man. So like, Rally, Rally's just like the asshole that won't. Who's who's a, almost a bigger obstacle to Mako getting into a Jaeger than than uh, Pentecost. Which is why it's a the kind of a, a second act twist. Then is that um, he finally starts to come around to being. To, to her being his co-pilot, and that's when Pentecost, out of nowhere, just kind of shuts it down. Yeah. And it's maybe revealed that the reason he hooked her up with him was because he just assumed that she'd be rejected, because everyone else was. <laughs> he was kind of trying to sabotage her dream, now because he didn't want to put her in danger. We're adding yeah. so many layers to Mako getting screwed over now. And <laughs> Bell, but it, but it, because she's the main character, it's, it serves her to have, to have that kind of yeah. betrayal and then that way they can reconcile when he does sacrifice himself. So that there's there's that's that pays off better. Del Toro, if you're listening, this is Oscar number two. <laughs> just a remake of the original yeah, Pacific just, just, Rim. Just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, you rebooted Spider Man four times in like five years. Reboot the Pacific. Rim. It also it also makes the con or the the um, hostility from the other Jaeger pilots to rally a little more. Um, uh, have a little more heft if he's just a big jerk yeah and everybody sees him kind of as just this washed up yeah kind and of most jerk of the, most of the teammates are sympathetic to mako they want to see her succeed yeah and that also helps when uh, when everyone starts dying uh during the uh the double event fight the hong kong fight then yeah. that adds some emotional stakes to mako seeing her 
friends die or, or listening to our friends die or however however that yeah because happened. she's yeah. actually bonded with the other correct yeah. with the other pilots yeah it's rally who's been the one who they've all been like that guy you know nobody that guy. nobody nobody sits with him at his table because he's a big jerk he's washed up he doesn't have it anymore he's lost his edge he's lost his killer instinct it's like he's like Maverick. Just can't go up <laughs> yeah, in the sky exactly, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, yeah. I, and I feel like I feel like they they kind of wanted him to be they they kind of wanted Beckett to be Maverick a little bit. Like even at one point they like she Mako says you're reckless. It's yeah. like when is he reckless? Like he doesn't see he was. But it's like yeah, yeah they, I didn't they, see any they, evidence of that. That's another yeah. thing where the connective tissue in this movie is just missing. You're reckless. Like, you make bad decisions. He's like, well, he was he did slide down that beam when he was on the wall. That looked pretty dangerous. <laughs> yeah, that's. But he doesn't do anything in the because like if that was the, that was what the strings that they wanted to pull, then he he would have had to have done something reckless in that first fight to have got, gotten his brother to killed. Got his brother killed, but that doesn't yeah. happen. Yeah, yeah, and. I mean, that's that's part of the reason why I think there's the hostility between him and the other pilots in the movie as it exists is yeah. because he's got this bad reputation yeah. that's really not set up. Yeah. So in our version, at least, they have a reason not to like him. Because he's a ding-dong. Plus, if... Because he's a ding-dong. If during the earlier part of the movie, the other uh, pilots are sympathetic to Mako and do want to see her succeed, it also gives us a little more time with them, too, yeah. so that their deaths... Not just have more emotional payoff for Mako, but feel a little more like a gut punch to the audience, where it's like, oh, I really like those two Russian guys. They were kind of awesome. Oh, the the Chinese triplets are dead. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like, as opposed to just like, well, those guys are dead. Yeah. Well, we got eight seconds with them on screen. Yeah. So this would be the part of the part part of the podcast where I would say, let's turn it into a musical. <laughs> However, I am happy to report that the morning after my wife and I watched this movie, the first thing she said to me in the morning was, I just had a dream. I was watching High School, the musical, set in the Pacific Rim universe. Uh-huh. And I call that a victory. So <laughs> I am starting to write uh, lyrics as we speak. Um, the lead song is going to be called Drift Compatible. Drift <laughs> Compatible. <laughs> Everyone Drift Compatible. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yes, but uh, all that plus turn into a musical. There you go. Uh, you too can get in on the note having uh, if you follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We're on I Have Some Notes. Uh, we'll let you know what movie is coming on, and you can uh, get your notes read on the show. Uh, we have the following comments. Uh, at Darvin111 has my favorite listener comment uh, since we've started doing this podcast, which is, it says, it is literally perfect, and you are bad people. <laughs> Thank you. We liked the movie. We just made it better, though. So you're welcome. F- favorite comment ever. This is this is the new gold star of comments. You are literally perfect. You are bad people. Thank you. We call that the Darwin 111 Award now. Uh, Aaron says, it has a dog and people punching sea monsters. It's delightful. It's true. Is there a we dog? Agree. Oh, yeah, the, the Australian's dog. What yeah. Was, what was the dog's name? Um, Doggy? Bruiser? Dog. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, Nathan says it was a fun movie for sure I didn't get why they dragged out the rally and um, and Mako not allowed to team up thing just seem unnecessary uh, yeah I would say you're correct uh, and then Evan says it's pretty much perfect really perfect what? like like people like this movie that much yeah that's the second perfect wow weird uh, maybe more daylight scenes we we get that in uh, Pacific Rim Uprising and it's kind of detracted versus night uh, versus rain okay, night I've, rain I've battles. heard this a few times that like uh, the 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 fight scenes weren't good in Pacific Rim because they were all shot at night. No, disagree. I, yeah, it looks fine to me. Yeah. I think, yeah, they'll, they'll actually have the, all cool, the cool lighting effects. Actually, there's there's one point where it's like, uh, no, I think I like the like the, the nighttime stuff. Well, plus, uh, I don't all know. The, all the water effects. There's not just that. I mean, there's the, the kaiju really are presented as kind of like natural disasters, like in every way, both literal and metaphorical, they're presented as natural disasters. And when you think of a natural disaster striking, you think of it getting dark and stormy. Yeah, it's spooky. So there's, I, I feel like that's kind of what the tone was going for. Yeah. Like, that's what I read that as. I mean, they show, there is there is daylight fighting. It just doesn't, it happens mostly on TV. Yeah. 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 But I don't know. I mean, like, I, I, I think the movie looks great. Yeah. yeah. Del, Del Toro doesn't really make a bad looking movie no no he does not no <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah day night doesn't matter i i like the night battle that's just me uh anything else we want people want to add before we wrap it up for wrap this up and blow up the breach 
I'm all out. I'm all out of ideas. I've, I've you've like, em- you've I've, emptied the clip, you, so yeah, to speak. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think we made a good fix, you guys. Yeah, I honestly yeah. do. I think we all drifted our minds oh, together. Yeah, I was trying to get there, and yeah. I just couldn't do it. But you you <laughs> finished it off for me. Thank you and, very much. And uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, cool. Well, yeah, you can uh, follow us on Twitter. Oops, uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram at I have some notes. Uh, if you like the show, please consider rate and reviewing us on iTunes. It really helps us out. Scott, you have a different podcast that people should listen to. I do. Uh, I have The Read Along. It's a mini book club for your ears. Uh, my lovely wife, Anita, and I do a chapter-by-chapter read-through of a novel where we kind of do a deep dive every chapter, talk about the stuff that's happening, and... Uh, and you got a new book. We do. We finished our first book, Meddling Kids, uh, a couple weeks ago, and we picked up Artemis by Andy Weir. That's our mm. second novel. So uh, we're only like two chapters, maybe three chapters by the time this comes out in. So <laughs> uh, good time to jump on if you're uh, looking for a low-stakes book club I, I to definitely to. think I'm going to do that because I really like Andy Weir a lot, and uh, and I didn't even realize that his new book was out. So I'm, It I'm is, excited. and we're reading it. There you go. Perfect. Uh, the Alberta Podcast, Net- Podcast Network, powered by ATB, is proud to be the sponsor of this year's Pod Summit. It is uh, Western Canada's podcast conference. Uh, join us May 5th at CKUA in Edmonton for a day of learning and connection making, plus some amazing giveaways. If you have a podcast, you'll learn how to make it sound amazing, grow your audience, and create a show your listeners will love. If you don't have a podcast, Podcast summits for you too, because uh, you can learn to make one, and uh, we will happy to welcome you into the community and the podcast community in Edmonton. Very solid, very good. Yeah. You go to any little event and you start talking to people, you'll get tips and feedback and advice and just like, and I think most important, you get encouragement. Yeah. Like everyone who's done a podcast uh, at some point uh, connected to the, the podcast network has just been like, all right, let's just do a thing and see what happens. So you'll get the pats on the back and the thumbs up yeah. that you... Trust me, you if do. we can do a podcast, you can yeah. too. And uh, it's a lot of fun getting yeah. your friends together and just yapping about good stuff. Uh, tickets are $150, and uh, you and they're limited, and they are limited. So do not delay. Get yours at podsummit.com. Uh, our shows, uh, this show and others from the network are being broadcast on G Radio. You can find that at gradio.ca. And you can find uh, our episodes on the CKWay Radio app. Uh, download it from the Apple App Store. You can listen to all the Alberta podcast uh, podcasts on that CKWay app. CKUA app as well. <laughs> there we go. Uh, Scott. Thanks for joining us. Greg, thanks for joining us. Colin, thanks for joining thank us. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Thank you. And uh, to you, our faithful listeners, yes. thanks for joining us. And keep watching the skies. For Kaiju. Drift compatible. Drift, drift compatible. compatible. Everyone's drift compatible. There we go. Writes itself. <laughs>